Ms. Bixby's Last Day by John David Anderson Chapter 1 Topher Rebecca Roundabush has cooties. I'm not making this up. We've run tests. She came up positive on the cootometer, all red, off the charts. Steve and Brand and I are in full quarantine mode. Steve has his ski gloves on to minimize exposure, even though it's 70 degrees outside. He looks like Darth Vader from the elbow down. He says this is the sixth case of cooties in room 213 already this year. I don't ever doubt him. Of course, Rebecca insists she's clean, tells us that there's no such thing as cooties. They all say that. They stick out their tongues at us and call us morons, but we know better. Rebecca's in denial. She needs a support group. We'll tell her we can give her the names of several kids who have been through this already. You guys are so idiotic, she says. We're not the ones who got saddled with the, a case of the coods. That's brand. He likes to make up words or abbreviate them or change them somehow, mashing them together to make new ones. He made up the word tunk, which means to bomb a test so bad it's funny, like tanking and flunking all at once. And flipwad, which is what we call the older kids who give us a hard time or anyone else we don't like, which isn't a lot of people, though we do have a typed up list. So I have cooties then? The numbers don't lie, I tell her. We ran several tests. You came up positive on all of them. I show her the printout. Actually, it's not a printout. It's a piece of scrap paper that we dug out of a recycling and scrawled a bunch of random numbers on, on it in red marker. But it's got her name at the top and on the bottom in big bleeding letters. It says positive. There's also a drawing of a dinosaur I made in the margin, but I cover that with my hand, not because I'm embarrassed, just because it's not relevant. So that's that stupid scrap of paper means I'm contagious? Highly, said Steve. Vader arms crossed in front of him. And these cooties, they're what, fatal? Rebecca has been in school for over half her life. You would think this would be common knowledge. Only to some, I say. There are some who can carry the infection for years and never present symptoms, but awesome people are highly susceptible. Rebecca nods way too thoughtfully for someone with a debilitating imaginary disease. I've known her since second grade, and I can tell she's planning something. She's all narrow eyes and tapping feet. My mom once said she thought Rebecca was cute. That was the last time I ever talked to my mother about girls. And they are transmitted how exactly, Rebecca asks. Physical contact primarily, Steve says, looking at his shoes, which is what he does when he's about to tell you a bunch of stuff you don't know and probably never cared to. The cootie virus is transmitted by touch, though it's even more highly concentrated in saliva. Just one milliliter of spit from someone with the virus is enough to infect the entire population of New York City, roughly 
8.4 million people. I don't know if that's true or not, but I nod along. Steve is full of facts and figures. Sometimes I write down the things he says and Google them when I get home. Things like the fact that hornets can sting multiple times because they have smooth stingers and that the number one cause of death in Guatemala is the flu. He's never wrong about stuff like that. After so many years of best friendship, I've pretty much learned to stop doubting him. Steve pushes his glasses up, all scholarly, scientist-like. It's not part of the act. He really has trouble keeping them in place. Rebecca stares at each of us in turn, contemplating her next move. Saliva, huh? Yup, says Brand. Okay, then it would be really horrible if I did this. Rebecca Rodebush licks her hand, tongue pressed flat against her palm from wrist to fingertips. Then, before any of us can react, she rubs the same cootie-infested hand all over Steve's face. This is exactly how epidemics start. Steve screams, burying his face into his own oversized mitts, smearing Rebecca's infection around and making it worse. Bran tries to pull him away, but Rebecca's too quick. She reaches out and grabs Bran by the arm, pushing his sleeve back and planting a zerbert right below his elbows, just like when we have fart sound contests before school. She insists, instantly buckles at the knees, just staring at the ring of Rebecca's wet, cootie-infested spit in horror. Steve is floundering, wiping his face with his shirt, as if that will help and as if he isn't a dead man already. Rebecca turns to me. You're next, Christopher, she says, using my full name like a four-letter word. I look at Steve and Anne Brand convulsing on the ground, faces scrunched in disgust. There's a code, I know. Unspoken rules about leaving, not leaving your comrades behind when they're paralyzed in the mulch, victims of a biological terrorist with a wavy red ponytail. But Rebecca is malicious. Plus, she has freckles, which I take as a sign that her particular cooties are somehow advanced in nature, incurable. There is nothing I can do for my best friends now. So I run. With Rebecca trailing, I take off across the playground, dodging in and around the swings and beneath the monkey bars. R are right on my tail, <laughs> determined to tackle me pin me to the ground and probably cough all over my face or something even worse. But she won't catch me. I'm Usain Bolt. I am Cheetah Boy, faster than a lightning strike. Mulch chips burst into flames at my heels. Yet somehow she is gaining on me. I make a full circuit of the playground and find Brand and Steve standing again, miraculously cured, or perhaps just incubating, ready to collapse to their deaths at any moment. They see me coming, trailing Rebecca behind me, and take off as well, all three of us charging blindly through the middle of a pickup kickball game, turning a sharp corner around the red brick facade of the school and running straight into Miss Bixby.